Strip accelerates, McDonald hasn't flinched yet. And here he comes, Adamo. He let loose in a stride. But instead of ice, is coming away. Hello and welcome to the Sitting Ducks review for uh, Black Caviar Lightning Stakes Day and Silver Slipper Day. Um, starting off with Flemington. Um, overall... Ripper of a day. So we'll start off without the track played. Good four races, one through to three. And then it was a good three races, four through to 10. Um, where the winners came from, all the way from barrier two through to 13, uh, played pretty fairly as well. You could lead, you know, for example, being Scalopini, you could settle as far back as 11th in the run, which was elliptical. Um, really fair track there. It's the fairest I've seen this year. Wherever you were, you had every chance. Um, I suppose, once again, being further forward, never a disadvantage. So certainly wasn't the case there at Flemington. You could pretty much win from everywhere. Absolutely loved it on Saturday. Uh, Race two, the Group 3 Vanity Stakes. Uh, This was on the good four. The leader, Priscinia March, goes out 5.6 lengths above to the 600. The winner, Wollombi, comes home. Last 600, five lengths flat above. Uh. 10 fastest for the 200 of the day, ninth fastest to the post there for Wollombi. Really good um, overall figure there. So they've gone 9.6 above for the average benchmark, 3.2 above for the class. So it's rated really well. Uh, what do I really take out of this race? So See You in Heaven there was second up, uh, coming off an 1,100-meter run. I'm just getting up on punting form. A lot of the others, you got Wollombi, who was fourth up, Nunthorpe third up, Killian Club. I mean, it's been racing, but it's coming off a break. I think See You in Heaven, Royal Merchant was fifth up, and the others, you know, Zenzella, Nunthorpe, uh, sorry, Zenzella, Queen Air, all uh, wanted a bit further, I thought. So I thought the two you really want to take is See You in Heaven and, uh, you know, if you've been real picky, Papillion Club. They're the two from the race. See You in Heaven was really good, I thought. Carried the top weight, um, had a nice run in transit and hit the rock, hit the line nicely. Uh, second fastest last 200 in the race. So, yeah, rated really well. The Papillion Club sat, th- sat three wide the trip, ended up running home pretty well. For the rest, Climbing Star, really disappointing. Zinzella, Queen Air, probably went a bit further. Uh, none thought, maybe just not up to this level yet. First time seeing a proper tempo. And just, you know, had every chance, didn't really hit the line, but maybe a potential improver. But if you look at the last four and 207 fastest of the race in both, uh, yeah, nothing too special there. Royal Merchant was the fit horse, expected to do something there on Saturday and didn't really fire. So, yeah, nothing much really else to touch on there. See you in heaven. Definitely one you can follow. I thought she was huge, 1,100 and 1,400, and we know that she can run out to 1,600 metres. Moving on to race five. The Group 3, Tony Burke Memorial. Leader, Anavisto, goes to the 600, 4.9 lengths faster than the average benchmark. Winner, Anavisto, comes home. Last 600, 6.6 above for an overall figure of 11.5 above. The best rating of the day, 3.6 lengths above the class. Um, Ex-leader, I thought, was 
obviously Ana Visto. Actually, yeah, I'll touch on the winner first. Absolutely huge there. Uh, you look, she's gone quickest in the race. Go, uh, Jamie Carter's a quickest in the race to the 600. So, she's 12 to the 10, she's the fastest, 10 to the 8. Jamie Carter's a really good job, gives her a breather, eight fastest of the race, eight to the six. She's still already put, you know, so many lengths on them and then really builds for that four to the two sections, second fastest of the race and, you know, eases her down to the post. This horse did this last year, huge first up run, rates really well. And then I think ran second, second up. Um, let me just have a look here. No, sorry, she ran fourth, second up. So she won this race last year, then second up runs fourth to promise of success, starts $2.30, and then third up goes down to Sydney in the group one and runs second by point uh by 2.3 lengths. So Second up with this horse, I think's a little bit of a question mark. Third up, I think she'll be ready to peak. I know she goes down to Sydney over 1500 for the Group 1 Coolmore. The Bit and Love won that last year. This horse is definitely up to that capability. I'll have to see the field. That's the only question I have with her. Does she fall off second up and then peak again third up? Or are we trusting her to, you know, continue to build to this? Because she does this performance again, she'll be right in it. It's just whether she's up to do that. The other one I wanted to touch on was Exolita. Much better performance here. Fastest six to the four, four to the two, and two to the post of the race. Six fastest two to the post of the day. Third up, this horse is going to be ready to go with the blinkers on. Uh, they'll be staying on. This horse missed the start. Probably should have ran second. Hopefully, we get a jockey change with Oliver. But, yeah, she's right back in this Exolita. Third up, ready to peak. Uh, Rotarataki was good, but she was the fit horse. There, Vespertine, I was right. Just really needs that 1,100, 1,200 metres. Boogie Dancer, $6.50 out to 16, runs sixth. Um, I didn't think it, she was as bad as what it looks. She ends up running, you know, 6.3 lengths off them there. She, first time seeing a good track, uh, coming off a big preparation. 10 fastest four to the two and then fifth fastest through the post. Might have just hit a flat spot. I wouldn't count her out yet, but she's definitely not up to these these class. If she meets the same field, I don't think she would be. Um, I think she would struggle, but brave placement by Peter Moody just didn't really pay off. So, Anavisto, Exolita, little asterisk next to Anavisto on how she'll go next start, but I think she'll be, um, if she does that, she'll be right in the finish in the Cornwall at Sydney. Moving on to race six, the group three, C.S. Hayes, uh, leader. He's having goes out 8.3 above here, really fast. Winner elliptical comes home 8.3 above the last 600. Sorry, 7.8 above last 600. Overall, 9.2 above, 0.2 um, inside the class. So, hasn't rated nearly as good as the CU and Heaven race, which was on the... Um, you know, same 1,400 metres around the same track. And this was actually on a good three as well. So, the boys have gone a lot worse than the girls. Um, but you look at elliptical here, first up was absolutely huge. You know, from barrier, ended up jumping from barrier 13. I think he drew 19 before scratchings. I learned a lot with this. You look at this race and you go, you look at him, you see barrier 19. I counted him out straight away. But in hindsight, like it almost works out perfect. Blake Shins never, you think, oh, Got to go back to the end. Blake Shin's never going to go back to the end. Puts him in 11th. Just gets a nice trail in behind. We knew that was speed in the race. We know this horse can run over 1,600 metres. Almost beat Sharp and Smart. Almost beat Golden Mile. Um, ran third to Bank Moore. 
while starting favourite over him. Like, this is a good horse, and I've just got it completely wrong here. It's such an easy bet in hindsight. It should have been him, the fresh horse, and Bankmore as well. Yeah, so this horse is going to take improvement. Figures-wise, I don't want to be with it, though. When you look at a horse like Jackano, I know he hasn't seen the 1600, but this race hasn't gone good enough where you go, like, next start, he's the one. Now, maybe Jackano draws the car park. Maybe this horse improves. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to improve a lot of lengths to be winning, but we know he's got the 1,600-metre tick. We know he's going to keep the same jockey, and we know there's going to be improvement second up. So definitely a pass mark there. Would have loved if this rated well because him versus Jackano would have been a huge race, especially when you throw in attrition. So attrition needed to place to guarantee himself a spot in the Australian Guineas over 1,600 metres in – is it this weekend? No, sorry, not this weekend, the weekend after. Um, so, should have gone close, maybe should have won. So, I was looking at, you look at this for figures-wise. So, eight to the sixth, this horse has gone seventh fastest to the race, doesn't really have clean air. Elliptical, third fastest in the race, coming down the outside. Then you go sixth to the four, attrition, fifth fastest of the race, still running up behind bums. Go back and watch the replay. Elliptical, second fastest, uh, six to the four. Now, attrition gets out four to the 200, 22.42 seconds. Elliptical, 22.56. He's taking ground off elliptical that last uh, from that four to the 200 meters. And then you go again, two to the post, attrition, 11.56, two to the post, elliptical, 11.68. So that last 400 meters, um, <clears throat> attrition's really taking ground off. Fastest four to the two, second fastest two to the post of the race. Attrition there, the fastest was Muramasa from the two to the post. So, attrition probably should have gone close there. But then you got to think, attrition's third up, elliptical's first up, probably had the sweeter run in transit, but you know you know that elliptical is going to handle the 1600 and you know that he's got a good jockey and he's going to, you know, be there to win it. So, elliptical, as I said, attrition at the place there, might not get in depending on acceptances. But, yeah, it's it throws a spanner in the works. Overall, I don't think See You in Heaven's going to go tackle the boys in the Australian Guineas. If she did, she'd be right in it with the way that she's rated compared to this. Hasn't rated this well. Um, the only two I could see getting near Jackano would be Elliptical and Attrition Bank. More disappointing in saying that Jackano ratings-wise, way better platform, way more amped up at $3.40 now. Uh, yeah, he looks extremely hard to beat. But once again, don't... I mean, you're going to get a better price betting now, but you don't know the barrier. Damien Lane won't be riding him. So just, yeah, I'd be holding your cash. You might have to take a bit of a, you know, you'd have to take a less price, but I think you're better off ticking all the boxes before you go on launching. But yeah, Jack and O still for me, I think, in the Australian Guineas. It was good to see Elliptical win there first up. There will be improvement. Moving on to race seven, the group one lightning stakes. The leader, Marabi, goes out 4.8 lengths above the all benchmark. So not that quick. When it comes home, Kulangata, 10.8 above last 600. Overall, they've gone 13.7 above, 0.3 faster than the group one class. So once again, learn a little thing here. So Kulangata, you know, thought, thought she was a bit of a flat track, not a flat track, like a tight corner bully, like goes around carrying 50 kilos in a um, in a Moya just hugs a rail on a good track and wins a group one. You think, oh, yeah, that's not that good. But 
what I've learned is these these two-year-olds going to three, they take a lot of improvement. Some of them come back horrible. Some of them come back good. And I just think I need to keep my – not be so confident on horses. So, obviously, two-year-olds first up, um, sometimes they run a big figure and they disappear. These three-year-olds, they might be average while they're two. They come back as a three-year-old. We see them in the autumn. Uh, we see them in the spring. They might not come up. This autumn, they kind of – they can take another leap, then there's still growth because they're so young. So, Cooling Gat has improved a lot here. She's proper put a proper rating down. The talk is she goes to Ascot. Whether she does that or not will be interesting. Um, but, yeah, she was really good. The talk is I wish I win. Fastest four to the two and two to the post of the day. 10.88 last 200. Jeez, um, he was flying there. New market lookout. Uh, he looks extremely good. Buenos Noches, really good, um, goes into the new market. He'll carry 50 kilos. I wish I would carry around 55. You look at here, 55 and a half compared to 58 and a half. So, we'll get another two two kilos off him. It's hard to, you know, you're going to get a price about Buenos Noches compared to I wish I win, but both of them, huge pass marks. That I thought September run was good. Probably not used to being ridden that close by... Blake Shin, but I thought he did a really good job. Looked the winner at one stage. Uh, she'll appreciate the 1,200. Don't know if she goes there. She probably will, actually. She ran third in there last year. She was, yeah, really good. Um, but, yeah, I'd be t- Bellini Patina as well. Great run on a good track. She exploded. Cooling Gator's got the better of her twice now. Um, but if we get on a wet track, I'll be definitely back in Bellini Patina. I think... Look at Colin Gatter, that's a pass mark. I wish I win sets up perfectly for the new market. So top weight will be Private Eye, who I've got a lot of time for. I think they're going to have to be on their A game to beat him. We'll have to see how things pan out. Um, then you've got Buenos Noches, Tick, September Run, Tick, Bellini Patina, Tick. If I had to put him in order, I'm probably going, I wish I win Buenos Noches, uh, September Run, Bellini Patina. I don't know. I don't think she'll go to the new market, but. What I what I really I mean then you got to look at the prices so I wish I wins into second favorite behind in secret I'd be taking I wish I win over in secret I don't think she's going as well as what everyone thinks in saying that Buenos Noches you're going to get a price about private eyes around seven dollars this maps up for an awesome race um, don't want to get too carried away with it because we don't know everything yet but talk is I wish I win there's a reason they're talking about it he's rated well he's exploded. Um, yeah, what a run. 1,200 looks really well suited. He's not going to be tiring. Like I said, don't want to buy into too much commentary. I've been talking about this. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Luke Nolan comes off. I wish I went and said there's only one that's ever quickened, quickened better than him, and that's uh, Black Caviar. So, interesting what they say there. But, once again, he's just it's all a bit of news. Uh, NS, I suppose, the big talking point of the race what do you do with him? Um, the the positive I have is market support. They had him two dollars into dollar ninety, so they thought he was there to play. He didn't fire. Um, I was trying to figure it out. I was hoping I could see something in the in the sectionals. The only possible excuse. I could see is he's gone five lengths slower than the class um, to the 600. I'm going back to what he did last year. 
when he ran second. So he's gone five lengths slower there. Last year, he's gone two lengths slower. So that's three lengths making up. Like, did he maybe lose interest? But then again, he's a tough horse because it's not like next start, he's going to come out and start 10 bucks. He's going to be on the pointy end. Um, off this, I've got to see him again. You can't like eight fastest to the post, seventh fastest foot. He just looked gone at the 400 straight away. You could just see, you see Jay McNiggle at him. You just see no response. September on just starts sneaking up on the inside. I said, yep, yeah, it's done. It's all over. What you do with him, like I think smartly, is you watch him again. He's never been a second up horse. He's gone for his third TJ. They might, they said they might not run him again. They might just go straight into the TJ off a jump out or something. Um, wet track will definitely help him. But yeah, he's a, just a question mark next to me for now. I'll have to wait till I see the race. Um, but not the best signs. The, I'm going to say I doubt we'll see him in the spring. I'd be confident we don't see him in the uh, next year. Sorry. But I'd love to see him. He's one of my favorites. He's been awesome to me. I love watching him because we're, the thing is, we're so used to, um, as I'm getting up Rose Hill, um, we're so used to like horses, like you expect a horse just to always come out and win. The thing that makes him so good, I reckon, is the fact that he can be a dollar fifty and still get beat. Like I know it sucks speaking from your pocket, but if he was winning every race, he'd be a dollar ten. So you do get you do get those two dollar chances to find out. You know, he started three dollars something in an Everest. Um so you get you get those little bits of um value from him but yeah he's in a world of hurt right now don't know what to do with him moving on to rose hill the track was a good four throughout the day winners um barrier one all the way through to barrier eight that was the widest if we look at these group races first group race cylinder comes out of barrier one second group race electric girl comes out of barrier two third group race aussie panko comes out of barrier one there was a huge advantage to be drawn inside on Saturday. So as for the group races, what they were doing was pretty much tracking up behind the leaders and then popping off the fence and just getting the sweetest run in transit. Um, lanes five for Cylinder, lanes four for uh, Electric Girl and lane three for Aussie Penko. So the the... I want to touch on the group races here because there was a lot of highways and stuff like that I wasn't too worried about. But even then, the, the widest they drew was barrier eight. And then you look at the group races. You had to sit closer than fourth or you couldn't win. So pretty much you'd be sitting box seat. That's fourth position most of the time. And you would wait for the leader to come off the fence. The second horse was coming wider and they were just getting the sweetest run in transit from barrier one, barrier two. Um so, yeah, I think you got to be a little bit forgiving of some horses, uh, which we'll touch on later, but, geez, uh, you could have, you know, if you if you hadn't had a tipping page and you were just been there on Saturday and you found this out, you would have had an absolute fill-up because they were winning at some pretty good prices. We'll start off with race for the Group 2 Silver Slipper. The leader, Platinum Jubilee, goes two lengths above the all benchmark to the 600. Your winner cylinder comes home 5.4 above. Big last 600, rated really well. 7.4 lengths above the um, average, 3.6 lengths above the class. 
Cylinder, really good here. Third start, looks to come back well. Uh, still did a bit wrong. I think Abdullah, at this time, it was race four, probably didn't need to go as wide as he did to lane five. He probably could have just peeled off Platinum Jubilees back, and I think he would have put more of a margin on, but he might have been thinking had to get to those wider lanes to be winning. We found out that wasn't the case later. But the one I really want to touch on here is King's Gambit. So fastest last four to the two and two to the post of the race. Um, now, it's it's tough here. So I ended up back in Cylinder on Saturday. But when you look at it, King's Gambit, so Cylinder was smashed during the week, drifts out late, starts $4.60. I think he got into as low as $4 at one stage. But you look at King's Gambit, he plays up a lot. He does a lot wrong. Now, you're asking him to chase Cylinder, um, who, you know, has already got a couple of lengths, had that real sweet run in in transit. Now, with the bias, I think, I mean, this race is rated really well. I think Cylinder and King's Gambit are the ones you want to take. Platinum Jubilee just got an easy timeout in front. Um and, yeah, couldn't get it done. I think there's a lot more upside with the other two. King's Gambit's the one I like more than Cylinder. I just thought that, um, I mean, the thing is, he's going to do a lot wrong. Like, if he does a lot wrong, he won't be running races. But if he sorts himself out, I think he's got a lot more potential than Cylinder. Now, they've both had three starts. He's finished a length within him. He's come home faster whilst carrying on like a pork chop behind the barriers, over racing, just doing things that two-year-olds do. Now, grand final time, the golden slipper, you're getting $15 King's Gambit, $11 cylinder. I'm not saying to go in and bet on anything now. I just think if they both, you know, if you get them there both 100%, which you've got to trust the camps to do, King's Gambit's the one who's going to take more improvement. I think Nash is actually a good jockey for him. I hope they keep him for him. He's not going to settle for this crap on grand final day. So, Cylinder was good. I think we got our money out of him. Now, I think it's time. Whether whether either of these win, I don't know. I think there's a couple of other ones we've got to, we'll end up having a uh, touch on anyway, you know, learning to fly and stuff. But King's Gambit from this race, good rating race is the one for me. Yeah. Uh, Cylinder, not too far behind it. I thought it was really good to see them both. I thought he was going to get their King's Gambit at one stage, but Cylinder just had that real soft, sweet run and, yeah, got the job done, which was good for the bank account. Race six, the group two, Millie, Flock, uh, Millie Fox. Leader expat goes to the 600, 6.7 lengths above the benchmark. Winner Electric Girl comes home 5.9 above. Overall, 10.5 lengths above the all benchmark. 3.2 above the class. Wow, another really, really, really good rating race. Um this horse always runs well, Electric Girl. Now, once again, draws barrier two, gets that box seat, sat fourth in the run. Let me double check. Sat's fourth in the run, and then in that last 600, she's sitting third. Um, gets out to lanes four by the end of it. Pretty much perfect run by Zach Lloyd, time to perfection. Got off the leaders back, uh, Maria Mia, you know, swung, uh, swung wide and just opened up perfectly for Electric Girl. Yeah, that was Maria Mia's chance. She sat wide. You might be forgiving saying, you know, she had to come from barrier 10, but it's not enough for me to say, well, you had you already had the two runs and all of these first up, that you should be enough to overcome that. Now, Timmy Clark clearly didn't have the best day, um, 
but I thought he he's done the right thing going forward with the fit horse. It's just, yeah, didn't have the upside like the others. Roots, I think, is a huge run here. Fastest six to the four of the meeting, then kind of just dies off. Like we said, impossible to get back and run on there. You have to be in that first four. She's gone and sat fifth pretty much the whole time, just too far back, um, and then stormed home. Then that last, you know, 200, even though she's running the quickest of the race, she's already given them too much of a head start. That suck run by Electric Girl was too good for her. She was good there. Um, she's the one I'd want to take out of it. Electric Girl can improve too. Key to this horse, dry, dry tracks, and she'll be running well for you. Um, great steer by Zach Lloyd there. Yeah, um, interesting race. I'm just looking for anything back in the field that I thought might have might have done something. I thought when you look at you look at Catlin, um, just yeah, maybe an excuse. I think it's going to be hard to read a lot of these next start, uh, just because of where they got to. Like you look at Cliff's Art, sat eighth in the run, seventh, 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 seventh. Um, and it just, yeah, it's just too hard to to win from there. And she's come home, you know, really well as well. But yeah, I think on class, you got to trust that electric girl and roots are going to take the most improvement. Expat was good up on the speed, but I'm against the, you know, last one in Platinum Jubilee, just getting out and leading at Rose Hill. It's not that hard to do. Same with Expat. I thought like if you're going to win there, that's your chance to do it, and they couldn't get it done. Moving on to Race eight, the group two Hobartville Stakes, the leader communist to the 600, 3.1 links. Above the benchmark, winner Ossipenko comes home, 3.5 links above. Overall, they've come home. Um, what have they come home here? 4.5 links above for the class, so 3.8 links slower. Poor, poor rating here. Uh, when you look at, you know, what the lead has gone to the 600, like he's gone at a, you know, not a very quick tempo, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like they were crawling out in front of you. They just haven't done anything. So this is where I have the issue. Like you've got, you've got half cabin here, draws barrier 10. You know the pattern of the day now, Tim. You've, you have two options. Your horse has the best turn of foot in the race. You you were sitting fourth, one out, one back, and you go, no, nah, I'm not happy here, and push forward and sit outside the lead, making him work harder than he has to. And, yeah, he gets run over. So, once again, Ossie Panko, barrier one, um, gets that dream run off the leader's back, communist who fell in a hole. They go, him and Zoo Tiger go straight past our cabin, who was probably running an extra 20 metres in the mall. Um yeah, so what do I make of it? Like, the thing is now, half cabins a lot more busted up than the others have been. They've got the nice suck run in and they've just had to sprint. He's been working for probably an extra 400 metres of them at his top. Like, he's, he's the quickest in the race, 12 to the 10. Like, he shouldn't be. He should not be the quickest in the race, 12 to them. He's the horse with the best turn of foot and you've put him up there. Um so yeah, where did they they go to the Randwick Guineas from here? I'm against him. I think there's it's hard to 
it's hard to back him off such a poor one. Like in saying that, like he's done it tough, but Animo last year, you put him in that spot. He has some fight to him. Half cabin rolled over like a little teddy bear. Um, it's not his fault. It's Tim's as well, but it's hard to go out there and back him against the other two. But the one I thought was the run of the race here by far, Matcha Latte. Now, digging into this horse's form, so he was first up there on Saturday, Aussie Panko and um, and Zoo Tiger. I've already had the run. So he's first up 1,400. Second up last campaign, he runs second to Sharp and Smart, who goes on and beats Elliptical, right, and runs – he runs 0.1 lengths off Sharp and Smart there after missing the start. Like, he then went on and ran fourth behind Sharp and Smart over 2,000 metres in a group one. Like, this horse is good, and he just doesn't get talked about enough. He was first up there. Others have had the run, and he's come home. Um, he's come home last 200, 11.40, the exact same as Ossie Panko, and he's had to do it. Let's have a look where he was in run. He sat fifth. And then he's come home. He sat fifth pretty much the whole time until he exploded late. So, yeah, huge run from him. He's definitely the one I want to follow. And I think the good thing about this horse is the market isn't as in love with him as he, as they are the others. The others have, you know, got that big name. They're talked about a lot. They know that they can cut his price down a lot, cut their price down a lot. But Machilate is kind of flying under the radar here. And I thought this was a huge run. Um and I like Tom Sherry's, I think, been on him a lot. Let me just double-check that. Yeah, Tom Sherry, ridden him his whole career. Uh, I like it. I think that's the one to follow from the race, and I think we're going to get a price about it. And saying that, race overall hasn't gone as a whole, but I think a lot of this field are going to be facing each other again. And I reckon we'll get a price about him, match latte. Um, things I want to follow. Actually, I'll be back after the break with that. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up Flemington and Rose Hill. Overall, not the best day for the pocket, um, but I think I've learnt a lot coming out of this. Um, yeah, I'll be back right after this with three things I want to follow out of the meeting. Cheers. Chautauqua, here he comes, the thunder down under. Cubidor lifting in the middle. Cubidor, the old boy, yes. And Bivouac, who explodes. Bivouac with a powerful display. Zaki in front, sink it over, down the stands well, lunges, gets up. First thing I want to follow is um, when you get a fair track or a really good track, Flemington, Sandown, and it's a good four, good three, and there's, you know, you rarely see any biases at this track. It doesn't matter what barrier they draw. Elliptical was just a key, like, slap on the forehead after, like, Draws out wide. You see it on Wednesday night. Scratchings come out. They move in a few barriers. You know the jockey's never going to go back to last. And he's just – I knew there was going to be speed on. And I thought, no, nah, he's going to be too far out of it. But they're going that quick and he's just sitting three wide and just gets his perfect run, never in trouble. Whereas a horse like Attrition, you go, oh, draws barriers six or seven or whatever it was. That's way better. But it's not because after – Make jockeys have to make decisions, whereas Blake Shin just goes, all I have to do is be in front of a couple here, and I know he's going to be super strong late. Um, so that was a bit of a letdown for me. Trust the class. Like, when they're classy horses, they'll get the job from done for you from the wide barrier. Drawing inside is not always the better. That was a little lesson learnt. And 
have a second thing I've learned, have a have a benchmark for your short price favorites you want to back. So when you go into a Saturday and you see half cabins a dollar fifty-five, not saying I went out and backed him or anything, but don't go in there and go like, oh, I'm adding him to every single one of my multis. And then once, you know, say one leg loses, you'll go, oh, I'm just going to double down. Just keep doing it. Like have a price. So go, oh, I'm not going to add in. I don't, I'm not going to add in anything under a dollar eighty. That's my new rule for me. Anything under a dollar eighty, I don't want to touch when I'm tipping something. If it's under a dollar eighty, like half cabin. I think Verusi was really good with it on Wednesday night. He found Zoo Tiger, the local leader, didn't end up leading and finds a place bet at two dollars twenty or whatever it was. Much better bet for me. It was between um, half cabin and Aussie Penko. The thing for me was to go dollar oh, fifty five. That's no value to anyone. Aussie Panko here. I'm going to back that thing to place. It, it may have won. I could have done it each way, but I'm backing it to place. Add that to your multi. It's so much better than having this, you know, Maria Mia into Nature Strip into um, Arf Cabin. Maria Mia loses. I go, right, I'll go again on these next two. They, Nature Strip loses. I go, oh, now I'll move Arf Cabin with something else. I'm, I'm put Arf Cabin with Endermat. Arf Cabin loses and Endermat comes out and wins. So, have a benchmark that you're going to back something at or make it a betting proposition. So when you see half cabins $1.55 for me now, that's no. Maria Mia was $1.80. I still probably end up backing it. I got it wrong. Learn from that next time. Maybe next time I'm going or, you know, $1.90 is my thing. But $1.80 for me is where I want to be at. Um, otherwise, I'm trying to find value elsewhere. The other thing I want to touch on is... Um, or sorry, the third thing I want to follow is not getting sucked into these horses that are coming back. So it's so like a little bit of like when you see a two-year-old, right, they'll have a first up run, then they'll go for a spell. They'll come back and start such a short price favorite because the market, they have no figures for these maidens. So if you run a figure on debut, no matter what, you have to start short. They come back a completely new person. It's like it's like you the difference from you as a ten year old versus an eighteen year old. Like you, that's how quickly they can change in horse turns from two to from two in the autumn, from two to the spring to this autumn. They've changed that much, so you don't get sucked into that. We saw it with Kings Gambit, Don Corleone, um, etc. Some of them, you know, go on with it. Like Barber, he's gone on and done it. Nothing special. Wasn't as flashy as the other two. But you look at them and, you know, they're good now. Or a maiden starter, they run really good first up. Now they start so short and another maiden thing just runs over the top of it because, you know, they're flat second up or they haven't, you know, progressed. Same thing, I think, with three-year-olds. Once they get over three, it's a bit different. They'll improve just on training performances and stuff. But like Cool and Gatto was quite a small, um, nimble filly from what I heard back in the spring. She's had a bit of time off and the way that Kent were talking about her, like she's grown up heaps. And I know I'm saying not to buy into that as much, but when you like when you hear from the mounting yard, oh yeah, cool and gatter, she's grown so much, they're not lying to you. They're telling you the truth. So I just think we got I've got to be less confident going into these two and three year old races. Just wait for them to develop a bit more. Cause I think you'll make a lot more money out of betting late with them, following the market, um, or just staying out at all and watching them. Then when they come back is, you know, and I'm not saying you can't have a better than two and three-year-old race because I love to. It's the confidence you go into it with. It's, 
you know, oh, I'm declaring this thing. So, so yeah, I just think you've got to be a little bit more cautious, maybe not betting as big with these kind of things because I think there's a lot more variables than a four-year-old who's you've seen everything for. The more races they run, the more data you get, the easier it is to make a bet. So when you're going into these races and they've only had a handful of starts, it makes it harder. Anyway, a bit of rambling on there. That'll wrap it up. Uh, Blue Diamond week this weekend. Going to be an absolute ripper. Let me get the market up for it really quick um, and I'll go through what I think. So I know uh, Barber's favourite at the moment. Oh, no, it's not Blue Diamond weekend. It's – is it? It is Blue Diamond weekend and it's Oakley Plate. Sorry, still City's favourite now, $5.50. Barber, $6.50. You've got Don Corleone's in there. But I don't know if he'll be coming down. Little Bros, VC Exploring, Zolkafar. They interest, interest me, those two, VC and Zolkafar. They've kind of been in those lesser races, but they might have a bit of improvement there. So that I'm not going to go through the whole field, but that's an interesting race. And we've got the Oakley Plate as well over the 1100 meters your favorites as four and common james is in there chain of lightning iron me lofty strike star patrol wow ripping weekend this um coming up i will see you guys on thursday morning for the preview cheers but it's person at the clock tower person what a prep it's having and it's going to run in the cup 